everybody. Welcome to Local Business Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Case, and I'm on a mission to help you. Every week, we're going to be talking to local business owners and experts to get their best tips, tricks, and hacks to grow your business. This show is designed to teach you, inspire you, and motivate you to take massive action and start to build your future-proof business. Whether you're just starting off or you're taking your existing business to the next level, this episode is for you. So let's get started. Hey, Jamie, thank you so Hi. much for joining our podcast today. I am beyond excited to have you here. Um, Want to say thanks from me and the whole Referizer team. And the best place for us to start is to tell the world who you are. Tell us. Well, so I um, own a Prime IV uh, lo- location in Sandy, Utah. And um, a little bit about me is that I am a regular person who had a passion and a dream. And um, that's brought me to where I am right now. Well, thank you for that brief intro. I'd love to get a little more granular on your story. Tell us what got you to this point, And then we'll go a little more into detail about ways that we can hopefully aid other people to, to achieving their goals and dreams. Awesome. Well, so a few years ago, I... Um, was got interested in real estate actually. And um, a friend of mine who actually is a real estate agent and helped her sell our our home, he recommended a book as well as my sister that's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read that book and just because of the background that I came from, I really related to um, Robert who wrote the book and it totally opened my eyes to the possibilities. So then I kind of went on a mission to figure out how I could implement the things in that book and provide a residual income for myself and my family. And that is really the very beginning of the journey. I started to really want um, mentors in my life, but I couldn't afford a lot of the mentorship programs. So books became my mentor. So I read a ton, a ton of books that mentored me along the way. And really that goal to get a residual income for myself led me to asking questions like how I could probably, I was making about $14 an hour. And I said to myself, what can I do to provide more value in the marketplace so I can get paid more? And that was really kind of the beginning of me trying to see some opportunities in my life. I got offered some jobs. I got offered a job at a law firm and my gut just said, don't take it. And it was really hard, Carl, because the bills were stacking up and um, it was so tempting. And I actually did accept it. And then I had to call him back and say no. And that really is the turning point of everything I'm about to tell you, because I followed my gut when there was no logic behind it whatsoever. It was just a feeling that I should not take it and I couldn't let it rest. And then um, a month went by, still nothing. And then he called me again. He's like, hey, the person we hired didn't work out. There's more bills stacked up and reality slapping me in the face. And I'm like, are you dumb? Like, take the job. (laughs) But again, I told him I couldn't accept um, that the circumstances were the same. And, um, and then I was just having a casual conversation with my own sister. So my sister, um, she owned another company. She went to a conference with this company 
and uh, met this lady who had an IV therapy place. And she went to the lady and said, I totally want to see that. I'm super interested in it. My sister and I have studied like vitamins and nutrients and things like that. We're kind of nerdy like that. And she wanted to kind of see what that was all about. So she went there and she said, this is amazing. She said to the lady, you need to franchise this and I'll be your first franchisee. So that's how my sister got started with Prime IV. She was the very first one to open. So she opened one in Southern Utah. In the meantime, I was looking for this job because I had just moved back from Puerto Rico. And we were just talking as sisters because she signed a lease on a second location four hours from where she lives, which happened to be 15 minutes from where I live. And she was like, what was I thinking? Oh my goodness, like, I'm so far away. I'm really gonna need some help or something. How am I gonna pull this off? We are just kind of venting as sisters, right? And I was like, oh my goodness, I need a job. Why did I turn this one down, you know? And I really wanted a job that I could work around my kids' schedules. So we just hung up the phone, that was that. And the next day she called me and she's like, we're so dumb, I need help and you need a job that's flexible. And that's how I started out when I was analyzing what I wanted to make when I came to the marketplace, I said I wanted to make $50 an hour. So instead of $14 an hour, I wanted to make $50 an hour. My sister did not offer me $50 an hour. So I made much less than that, but I saw it as an amazing opportunity for me to grow and develop and bring that value to the marketplace so sure. someone would pay me $50 an hour. I don't know if you know who Jim Rohn is, but he always says, if you want to have more, you have to become more. So that's what I grasped. This is going to help me become more. And I took that opportunity. In the meantime, other owners were buying franchises for Prime IV in Utah. And they saw that I was opening up Heidi's. Heidi was like, hey, this is an amazing opportunity for you to potentially open up for these other people. So that's what I did. And guess how I decided how much I was gonna charge. I took the amount of hours I spent opening Lehigh, I times it by 50. And that, that was my fee that awesome. I charged. So then um, a year ago, actually, I opened my first one completely by myself. So Heidi helped me with my sister with the Lehigh one. I opened Provo um, 100% by myself and started opening South Jordan at the same time. So while I was opening these stores, when I did the interview with the owners, I did a Zoom call with both of the owners, Provo and South Jordan, and I told them, just so you know, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm going to open my own. So um, they would just laughed. Um, a lot of people that start businesses have a lot of financial resources that I don't have access to. So um, honestly, Carl, my whole investment was a $50 laptop that I, I purchased to help me open the stores. And um, so my whole intention was doing my own. Kind of like when I turned down the job interview, I, um, I had this gut feeling to start looking for locations, right? Mm -hmm. At the time, that was ridiculous. I, I didn't have financing. <laughs> um, I didn't have a way to, to, to open one, first of all. But I did. I followed that instinct 
And I started looking for locations. I started trying to get financing. I had a lot of no's um, in the process of financing COVID, the small business loans, they weren't giving them out because they were doing those payday loans on COVID, just so many obstacles. But yet I pressed forward. Um, and then along the way, I got even more opportunities. So uh, another quote that has helped me was by Steve Jobs. He has this quote, and this is not exactly how it goes, but it basically says that if you're going to be successful, he said, if you want to be successful, you have to say no to a thousand things. Yeah. A thousand. And I, I had that in my head because a lot of opportunities were coming my way and it was so tempting, right, to, to do those things. And so the owner of the Provo location actually brought, bought the franchise rights for Arizona. So he told me, hey, I want you to open every store in Arizona, every Prime IV location in Arizona. It will be a requirement in my area. And that is 36 stores. So that was a huge opportunity for me um, that I was very excited about. However, I actually ended up, by the time I got my location that I'm in now, getting financing secured with an investor. So... The crazy thing was I was faced with opening two of the first stores in Arizona and opening my own store. And I have five kids and my husband was traveling out of town. So I just had a lot going on. And that quote was like ringing in my ears. You know, yeah. you need to say yeah. no to a thousand things. So I went to the Arizona guy and I just explained that my goal is a residual income. As much as I'm excited to open all of these stores and I absolutely love Prime IV, it's another reason why I'm so passionate about what I do. It changed my life because I needed energy to match all of these ambitious goals that I have. Sure. <laughs> I, I didn't have it, to be honest. So I was getting regular IVs during this time and my energy level is very, very consistent throughout the day. And that, as you're going to see, has totally changed my life. So... I, um, so I went to the Arizona guy. I told him, no, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because it was a lot of money on the table, but it didn't align with my original goal of providing myself with some residual income. So what did was opening my own location. And that's how I opened a few weeks ago in Sandy, Utah, my own prime IV location. So that's the story. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's super, super amazing to hear. And, you know, you brought up financial resources and that being one of the most difficult topics when starting a business. And I can imagine that would resonate with any entrepreneur that is starting out. So if you can talk a little bit about some of those struggles and how you handle them and, and the persistence so that other business owners can really, obviously they're, they're going to connect with you on that level because I, I personally think that everybody struggles with that, but talk to me a little bit more about, about those things and some, some ways that you, you tackled them successfully. That is such an awesome question because it is actually one I wish I would have learned younger. I've wrestled with for my whole life. And it's so interesting because 
I used to believe what society tells us. Society tells us that if we come from a disadvantaged background, we're starting way back from the start line even. And that's the background I come from. And I have listened to those messages. And what I've come to learn, Carl, is actually those have been my greatest advantages. All of those struggles, those supposed disadvantages are what has helped me be resilient through this process. Those are my strengths. Those are what have helped me develop the ability, like you said, to focus on something and work hard to get there. And I know how to deal with discouragement. I know how to manage disappointment because I've had plenty of it in my life. And that is my greatest advantage. I don't let that get me down because I have overcome it again and again and again. So as far as the money thing, though, that was something that I actually did struggle with for a long time. And it was, you know, someone that told me, you have to change your mindset about money. I was in a scarcity mindset about money. I never had enough of it growing up. I have never, as an adult, I've always struggled with that as well. And it's crazy. The the minute I started looking at money differently is when this thing exploded for me, honestly. And not that I'm not smart with my money. I still budget like I always have. I just don't obsess about it. I don't obsess about where it's coming from. I don't obsess about how I'm going to get it. I just say to myself, if I want this thing that's expensive before I'd be like, oh, I used to actually get physically sick when I would make a big purchase. That's how like emotional money has been is I would be like, oh my gosh, the first house that I closed on, I had to have a garbage can next to me. Right. Um, Because I was so nervous about that big purchase. So I had to let go of that scarcity mindset and realize I'm going to focus on my development and that other stuff is going to come. So, and Tony Robbins reinforces this idea as well, your mentor, you know, he talks about that. Like if you, things will come, if you develop yourself, all the other things are going to come. And so it's just hard to believe that. (laughs) So um, the $50 laptop is all I've invested of my personal money. So that's it. And so it was, it's obvious that the opportunity for me, not that I didn't work hard, not that I haven't been discouraged, but it, the opportunities came because I changed my mindset about money. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, the biggest, biggest fan of turning problems into, you know, opportunities and anything that arises, especially you know, as an entrepreneur, as you start owning more than one studio and, and scaling to, to different states and regions and whatever it may be, you know, those problems that you look at today, you're going to laugh at in the future and you're going to be posed in a very similar situation when this is on a scale that you never even imagined. So I, I it definitely makes sense. I think, you know, looking at money differently, everybody looks at money in a, in a different way, I would think. And, and it's really, it comes down to what are your goals and how can you achieve them? And have you ever, have you heard of that book? It's called the obstacle is the way. Nope. But I'm going to buy it right now. <laughs> that book was huge because if you're, if money's the obstacle, then that's the way, like it's all about, and that's one thing, like I said, that also helped me realize that all these supposed disadvantages, you know, 
growing up in a single mom home and growing up without a lot of financial resources, like all of those things were actually my advantage. Those were the things that have brought me any success that I have in my life. So if money is the obstacle and you're trying to figure out how to open a business, I mean, I would say that's actually the way, because then you're, what are you going to do? You're going to look to who, if you don't know how you're going to look to who, who, who can help me with this? How, you know, if you can't do it yourself, how can I do it? I don't have the financial resources. You're going to look to who. And anyway, so that's going to be the way. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so diving a little bit on the operation side, you're, you're an all, we could, we could title you as a superstar opener, prime IV, and <laughs> most likely take that knowledge and put it into retail or, or any other environment. Once you do this so many times, you start to build a process and prove out that it works. So, you know, something that we're dealing with on a massive scale, and I would say everyone globally is, is dealing with this is, you know, finding staff, um, and, how, what, what advice or what has led you successfully on your hiring process? And, you know, if you want to touch on your firing process as well during that, um, that would be awesome. That is an awesome question also, because I did struggle with this in along the way, obviously it was brand new. So I had to come up with hiring a lot of people at once um, and not just finding one or two people. And that proved to be a big challenge. When I was helping these other people open their stores to give you an idea, um, I also helped them with all the hiring. So I would screen all of the potential em um, employees for them. So to give you an idea, when I was doing this for them, they got between 25 to 40 applicants within a week, right? Then when I did it, this is a year later, I got four applicants in a month. So I was very worried. <laughs> I was very, very concerned about that. Um, and honestly, Carl, I was very tempted to stray from my very high standards of who I hire. So I had very high standards for the other owners I worked for. And now it's for myself. And I was so tempted because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to open and I have no one to work and work with me. And so I can't, I'm not a nurse, so I can't do that. Right. I can't do a lot of those positions. And so I was very tempted to lower my standards. Instead, I rose, I raised the pay. Um, I raised the pay that we were paying originally. And honestly, I just, oh, I went on Facebook. I talked to my friends, my family. I asked them to spread the word. I went back to the other people since I pretty much know everyone that's been hired. I went to them and said, Hey, do you have friends? Do you have, you know, people, you know what the fit we're kind of looking for. And then I, I waited, even though my standards are high, I did wait and I have amazing, amazing staff. Amazing. So eventually they started to trickle in way too close to when I was opening for my liking, but, but they did come, but I did raise the pay. And then I also didn't just rely on the ad. I went and talked to everybody. Great feet on the street, you know, nothing better than, than word of mouth and, and having that referral from someone who knows you and knows, knows your organization. Exactly. Great. Um, and you know, 
am I, I safe to say that in your process, you use the, the slow to hire, quick to fire? Yeah, that's so funny you mentioned that. I learned that while I was opening somebody else's store. Someone else told me that phrase and it stuck with me. So yeah, making sure, giving them like an opportunity. Most, most everyone has to stick me first before they can go stick anyone else or be hired. So yeah. Cool. Um, transitioning a little bit into marketing. So you've worked with, how many studios to date have you opened? Or so one, two, three, four, including mine. So moving yours aside, the three others that you were involved with, what kind of marketing did they utilize to open their stores that was effective, not effective? And what were some lessons that you learned during that process that you applied to your own location? So, I mean, all of them were very similar uh, in their in their marketing approach, which was very heavily relying on um, very heavily relying on sponsored ads, Facebook, okay. Instagram. Um, also offering like founders memberships um, is one that both of those locations or all three of those like locations did. And then they what another thing they did that I learned from is they offered a minimum amount of what we call the free primary IV. So it's one of our basic IVs that costs $85. If you walk in and, and you don't have it come in on the free primary IV, it's an $85 drip. So they gave away like 50 for example. I think one location gave away 20. So that was kind of the draw for the grand opening. And then they would move to our intro special, which is that same IV, but for $69. But I saw that they were having people come in on the free primary IV. And I saw in Lehigh was more involved at that first location, how busy they were when they were offering it for free. The thing with, with IV therapy is that there's an education involved. Since it's new in the wellness sector, it's a very new industry. Even though it's been around a long time, it hasn't been in the marketplace like it is now. And so there's an education involved. And when offering it for free, people are willing to come in and it gives us a chance to educate them. So that's kind of what I learned just watching these other um, locations open up. And so I decided to be brave and follow my gut and offer without a limit the free primary IV. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. Yeah, and and you know, let's let's keep going with that. What have you seen for your specific location when offering that, and was it successful? And are you what what are you doing today to continue on with that? So another decision that I've had to make was a big majority of the rest of the locations in Utah we're using um, a marketing company that I'd worked pretty closely with and helping some of the other locations. And I, I have relationships with them and I like them, but I had heard about um, another software that, <laughs> that integrates with the software we use. And I really was super motivated by that because I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like the biggest missed opportunity that we've had so far with Prime IV, at least in Utah, is being able to market to the people that have come in once sure. and haven't been back. 
And so, and just so many different possibilities if we could integrate with our software. So um, I started doing onboarding calls with Nina at Referizer and poor Nina, because I talked to her so many times. And then actually I presented it to the regional developer of Utah um, because I really couldn't, I couldn't get rid of the feeling like it just kept nagging at me. Like, why wouldn't we try this? Why wouldn't we do this? If it integrates with our software, I just saw huge potential. So I presented it because we were looking at a different marketing company for some of the, some of the other locations. They chose to go with that marketing company. I was like, okay, I'll just do that too. And then Carl, the feeling again, I just couldn't let go of that feeling. So I was like, okay, even though we already said no, well, I had, I'd followed up. Nina's very good at follow-up. She followed up with me several times. I was honest with her. Look, you know, the regional developers chosen a different company. I really don't know if I want to stray from that. Um, but then the nagging feeling came back and I decided to follow my gut. So I went with Referizer, not only for their service that integrates with our software, but also I chose to use the agency, which is their marketing company that does sponsored ads and also Instagram, Facebook, and Google. And then that's really what I think is the success. I've been out marketing myself. And I actually had a competition with the team to see if they could bring in more leads than me. <laughs> and let me tell you, I've been working hard, but they demolished me. <laughs> and what's incredible, incredible, incredible is by my eighth day open, we had a completely booked day. And I don't think that's ever, ever happened as far as I'm aware at any Prime IV location anywhere. So I was pretty excited about that. I'm pretty proud because the vast majority of those leads did come from the team that, that I chose. Well, thank you for the praise. We so appreciate the partnership and, you know, hopefully we continue on with an upward tick of, of even booking out every day of the week, which we were very excited to do. So thank you. Um, wrapping up a couple last questions, you know, We've all been there. What would you say to somebody that's in their nine to five, looking on social media, hearing about, you know, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, all these gurus in the, in the sales and entrepreneurial space, you know, aside for just go do it, what would you tell somebody? That's a good question too. I think um, it does take some courage. I mean, and it does, you have to be willing and my, from my experience, I had to be willing to do whatever. I mean, you should see my house right now. Uh, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't love that, but I'm just saying like some people wouldn't do what I've done just because they would be like, oh my gosh, you know, I, things are chaotic. I've also kind of at the same time, and I think this is very typical, Carl, I've had some personal things happening in my life that are pretty significant. And I think that pulls us back into the nine to five, right? Yeah. We need to be responsible is what, what, we're, what we tell ourselves. We need to be responsible. We got to pay our bills. And I do think that's true. I would never encourage someone to be irresponsible. However, I think that there's so many times that we're so focused and so kind of just going through the daily um, 
the daily run of the mill stuff that we fail to see things right in front of us, opportunities right in front of us. And so I think you have to make a shift even in a small way um, towards those things. Like, and some people are like, well, I don't really know. I don't really have the skills. I don't really, I didn't have the skills either, right? I, I mean, I am a regular person. I'm a mom and I decided, you have yep, five kids. And I decided that I wanted to um, bring more value to the marketplace. That's how it all started in the residual income so that I could be with my kids um, during those things that are important to them. So I think you just have to start, even if it's in a very, very small way, but intentionally. Um, I'm very intentionally. I was very intentional and I did read. I read a lot. I had, when I read Rich Dad, Poor, Poor Dad, I was nursing. That's how I read the whole book because I had, a, I had a new baby and I was nursing. While I was nursing, I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then every time after that, I, I lacked a skill. I would find a book. And like I said, some people are like, I don't have the right mentor. I don't have enough money. I don't have, no, you have to be intentional. And if you don't learn what you got to learn, go meet people, go, you know, it's, I felt awkward so many times. Sure. I remember how scared I was to talk to that first owner. He, he's actually a pretty big deal. He, um, in his previous, before he opened Prime IV, he wrote, I think, what is it? Seven business books. Um, he spoke all over the world. He trained Fortune 500 companies on leadership skills. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to call this guy and like offer my services. And I was super scared to do it. Right. Yeah. But I was like, is it worth it? Is it worth me being this uncomfortable for a few minutes um, to potentially have an opportunity to make $50 an hour that I wanted to make. Right. Yeah. And so I made the phone call. So but it, it goes down to the core. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Um, and it's really just getting into a routine that you can schedule out your day to achieve your goals. Um, I have a bunch of books that are, you know, incredible. Right. There are mentors that used to be my excuse. Honestly, I'd be like, well, I can't afford to go to Tony Robbins. You know, I can't like, I don't, I can't afford to hire him as my life coach or whatever. And you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because books can be your mentor. I have access to Tony Robbins on YouTube for heaven's sake. And it's free. Right. Yeah. So or, or like you said, Grant Cardone, who also told me to 10 X my effort. And that also carried me through some of those hard moments opening the stores, right? Yeah. So just all those things, whatever you lack, go find a book and then act. Like you said it in the very beginning, act, act, act. Even if it's 10 minutes on your lunch break. Take action, act. massive mm -hmm. action. I didn't have financing and I started looking for a location and I wouldn't be open right now and be fully booked out on day eight, right? If I had never followed that. And there were people along the way, Carl, that even people very close to me that ridiculed me, like, you're, what are you doing? That's so dumb. Like, are you sure? I mean, like, yeah. And then the real estate guy, when I pulled the tape out and the whole entire tape came out, 
I could never get it back. <laughs> like totally broke. And I'm like folding up the tape instead of <laughs> he he even was like, okay. <laughs> Who is this girl? I, I'm right? glad you showed him who's boss. Um, <laughs> Jamie, I want to thank you so much yes. for your time today. It was, it's incredible always, anytime talking to you. Before we wrap up, I have one last question. What should I have asked you today? What should you have asked me? I mean, if this is about business hacks, I've been thinking about this before the podcast um, because I think I mentioned to you, Carl, I was actually very intimidated by a lot of the amazing guests you've had on this podcast. And really, I mean, the hack for me, the biggest hack for me has been to realize that even though I don't have a lot of the credentials that a lot of the amazing business people have, I do have something to offer. I do have something to offer to people. Like you said, I, I just am a regular person. And sometimes that has made me feel intimidated. And sometimes that has made me feel like, nope, that's your advantage. That's the advantage. And then another thing I love about your business that you're involved in is you put people first. And maybe, maybe that's really my underlying tone in everything. The reason I love Prime IV is because we help people feel better. And there's no greater gift than helping someone feel better because no one can do anything else in their life that they value unless they feel good. Sure. So that drives me. I've seen all the stories from prime come. I've seen people's lives dramatically change just because we help them finally feel better. Or I have athletes that have been able to achieve things that they didn't think possible because they got their body what it needs just to function properly period so i mean it really it's really something i'm super passionate about and the underlying thing is people and i know that you're all about that as well and i just don't think you can ever go wrong when you do that well thank you jamie we're gonna wrap up for today okay. uh, can't thank you enough and um Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you found it helpful. Be sure to head over to our site, local-business-hacks.com to check out the show notes and send me questions or ideas for future episodes. If you want to grow your business, just like the people you've heard from here, follow Local Business Hacks podcast and tune in for new tips, tricks, and tactics. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep hacking.